1: Hello and welcome to this special edition of the Midweek Manchester is Red podcast. My name is Seb Parkinson once again, but this week I'm with a different guest. There's a reason for it. Tyrone is away, but Manchester United are playing Leeds United in a pre-season friendly over in Oslo, where Manchester United and Leeds United both have huge fan bases. Now, this game was uh, was was arranged when Leeds were in the Premier League and it was expected that United were going to play Premier League opposition, but Leeds got Relegated. So I am now delighted to be joined by my colleague Connor, who is our Manchester City correspondent. But some of you might not know, he is a massive Leeds United fan. So, Connor, thanks for joining me. First and foremost, tell me all about Daniel Farker and what he's going to bring to Leeds United.
0: Yeah. Um, I remember way over to the dark side here, Seb. Uh, so thanks for the invite. Um, but yeah, Daniel Farker, what's he going to bring to Leeds United? He's going to bring an attacking style of football. Um, his Norwich side. Won the division twice um, at a canter, um, the two championship titles at a canter, and, and they were absolutely fantastic. The first Marseille Beales side in the first season, completely blitzed us in the home leg. Um, Leeds did them over in the first leg, but it was a real, real title charge. And and, and three teams. It, 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 the championship was of excellent quality then. It was Leeds, Sheffield United, and Norwich, and um, it was it was a real decent quality and um, Daniel Farker brought a lot to that but it'll bring an attacking intensity it'll bring a very drilled methodology as well something quite similar to a Marcelo Bielsa outfit um, but but also very different maybe a little bit more of a focus on on defensive awareness
1: yeah well United are, um, <clears throat> United's 26-man squad has headed out for for the game and our Man United writers have predicted the lineup so I'm just going to read out the five writers that we've got predictions from and uh, I want to here, whether you, Connor, would be in fear of them or whether you think Leeds will get a good test obviously Leeds have been in pre-season training a bit longer than United so we're not expecting a 7-0 or whatever or a, or, or a 7-all we're expecting a pretty low scoring affair I, I think it's fair to say but with that in mind Samuel Lughurst and in fact all five of our writers have picked Tom Heaton in goal for the simple reason that United don't have a goalkeeper uh, Dean Henderson is uh, is wanting away and coming back from injury, so probably not ready. Tom Heaton is the only real first teamer available. And uh, David de Gea left on Saturday, as, as everybody knows. So Samuel Lucas has gone for Fernandez at left back, uh, not uh, Bruno Fernandez, by the way, a different Fernandez <laughs> <I don't like laughs> for, for anybody like listening. <laughs> <laughs> He's gone for quite strong. He's gone for Martinez and Varane at the back with Wan Bissaka on the right, Fred and Menu in the midfield, Mason Mount coming in. Uh, to sort of attack him midfield in the number 10. Medbury on the left, Ahmad through the middle, and Sancho on the right. Now, most of the guys have sort of gone for a similar similar look, uh, 4-3-3, so Ty Marshall, again, heating in goal, Fernandez left back, Fish alongside Varan in the back with Juan bissaka Fred, Manu and Mount in the midfield, Ahmad, Hugill, and Sancho up top. And again, very similar, Rich Faye, who's gone for Williams at left back, Varan and Bennett at the back, Wan Bissaka at right back, Fred, Hannibal and Mount with Ahmad, Hugill and Sancho. Steve Railston has gone for Fernandez, uh, Varan, Bennett, Wan Bissaka, Fred, Menu, Mount, Sancho, Hugill, and Ahmad. And lastly, George Smith has gone for Fernandez, Bennett, Varan, Wan Bissaka, Maynou, Mount, Fred, Sancho, Hugil, and Ahmad. Now Hugil has sort of made four of the five teams there one of United's sort of stars, shining stars of the under 21s. Um, you know what? looking at that team especially when Leeds are going to be looking at taking some players probably on loan you know for the championship what What do you reckon that that team will pose a threat against you and and how do you think Leeds will perform against it
0: yeah it's interesting you mentioned Ahmad Diallo there's been a couple of links between Leeds and him which I think would be an outrageous sign and obviously he was excellent at Sunderland last season I'd take him on loan in a heartbeat But um, it it seems like a very strong team, Seb, an exceptionally strong team if the writers are to be proved correct. Um, Once again, a strong back line. You know, Varane and Martinez are playing together. If they're able to build some sort of cohesive unit up, you know, leading up to the season, then, you know, it's only going to benefit Manchester United, of course. Um, I think how Leeds can, can essentially combat. is is going to be difficult because, you know, it's a very new manager. Obviously, Eric Ten Hag's philosophy and ethos has been embedded now within this Manchester United side, which saw a massive rise in their in their performances last season, um, Leeds have only really had Daniel Fark for the best part of ten to fourteen days. So once again, it's going to be brand new. The return of Dan James should be interesting. Obviously, Leeds played uh, Manchester United in, in Australia about three years ago in a pre-season friendly, lost four 0 and Dan and Dan James absolutely tore us apart. So yeah, um, it'd be interesting to see if there was maybe some inexperienced fullbacks if, if 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 Dan James is to start if his pace can can worry a few of them a bit of the Man United back line Um, but I think Leeds are going to go fairly strong as well but I guess it's that it's that championship and, and, and Premier League difference now Seb whereas maybe last season obviously when you're in the same division there is still a massive quality gulf but now it's it's very very different as well and Leeds have struggled at this moment in time with 25 days left until the tw- the championship se- uh, season starts 6th of August Leeds still haven't brought any bodies in whatsoever so you, you're relying on an existing cohort Sinister has travelled which is positive Who's, who's Leeds is star man um, Somerville uh, who's who was excellent what the back end of last season? Is there Rodrigo has actually left Leeds United today? Uh, Patrick Bamford will be there. Um, so I think there'll be a lot of experience there. Um, but in my opinion, I think facing up against Man United and Mason Mount loves playing against Leeds. We have a, a long running rivalry with Mason Mount and, and Frank Lampard from the Derby days. And he loves to score against Leeds and perform against Leeds. So I'm expecting that. He'll, he'll have said to Eric Ten Hag, put me in for this game, put me in for this game and I'll show you what I can do against this lot. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not looking forward to that one, to be honest.
1: Setting his standards against championship opposition is the uh, is the takeaway from that. <laughs> How do you think Leeds are going to do this season? Do you think they're going to think they're going to come straight back up? I mean, as a United fan myself, you know that rivalry. The you know I, I don't live I live sort of between Manchester and Leeds myself, so it's only forty minutes to Leeds, and it's probably the same distance to Old Trafford, really. So you know, United home and away against Leeds is is always a bit of a tasty one, despite the traffic. I mean, the traffic around that stadium at Elland Road is horrendous. Whoever deals with the the traffic management there needs probably replacing (laughs) because I tell you what, whenever Leeds play at home, and I'm going off tangent here, but whenever Leeds play at home, the traffic around that stadium, if I'm visiting family who live up that way, you might as well just wait till tomorrow. It is absolutely like, disgraceful is the only word i can use to describe it but going down the m62 and m60
0: as well when you go past brig house and wakefield it's always chocker blocked it's an absolute nightmare yeah
1: leeds is leeds is it needs a lot of a lot of roadworks there i think to be honest in around the stadium well they're currently uh, ongoing last time i was up there it was like down to one lane and it was all all traffic management air traffic management now. I actually got a speeding ticket because it was a, it'd been reduced to 50 i didn't realize and uh, went through the camera. So anyway, that's a different story. Connor, what what do you reckon? What do you reckon Leeds are going to do this season?
0: It's going to be a struggle, said because we've not we once again Southampton and and Leicester have had a head start. Leeds are still pending takeover approval by the EFL. Um, it took us a while to get Daniel Farker in because of that process. Okay. Um, previous owner Andrea Ravazzani,'s has moved on from the club and actually taken Sampdoria over um, but still because the EFL haven't given us the green light he technically owns the club which is a little bit of a, a nightmare um, and the technicalities are getting in the way a little bit but I think we've started a little bit behind Southampton and Leicester in terms of player recruitment and directors and managers being in for pit for you know a select period of time. So I think it's going to be um, a little bit more difficult for Leeds at this moment in time because I feel like we're playing catch up a little bit. However, um, we know how quickly football can turn. Seb, you know the the, the the transfer window does end in September. Leeds have got a good start to the season, so I, I think how it's going to pan out is Leeds are going to have a very slow start mid-table-ish and I think we're going to then make a late push and probably end up in the top six but I think personally your top two to go up are, are going to be Southampton and Leicester in, in, in whatever order I think they've just got the cards in order a little bit earlier and they're making some good acquisitions so yeah um, Leeds maybe in the top six but yeah I can see this been maybe a two-year project
1: a lot of people say, don't they, that the championship is the hardest league in world football to get out of. And looking at teams that have come up from League One who think, oh, yeah, we're going to give it a go in the championship. Seeing the teams that have come down from the Premier League and the strength in that division. like I think 90% and probably 90, higher than 90% of the teams are former Premier League sides in there. And, you know, it's almost like a Premier League 2 these days in the championship. But um, no, thank you. Thank you for that, Connor. Just moving on for back to United, because I know this is a Manchester United podcast. Uh, a lot of people will be will be wondering why our writers have chosen Tom Heaton specifically. It's simply because um, Dean Anderson hasn't travelled. The three United goalkeepers are Heaton, Bishop and Kova, who we don't expect to see feature really throughout the the whole tour, especially as the first team has come back in. But um a piece that, that Tyrone Marshall's written, an opinion piece, Connor, that you might you might have a, an opinion on here is you've talking about Ahmad on loan. But this piece by Ty Marshall, which uh, went out this morning, it's basically, it might shoot down your idea, unfortunately, of, of Ahmad coming to Leeds on loan, which is Ahmad could solve Man United's transfer demand with a new role against Leeds today. And it's basically suggesting that Ahmad could become that centre-forward that United need. Now, United are desperate for at least one mainline centre-forward with a second one, ideal, given the fact that Anthony Martial is, as has been said on this podcast before, made of plastic or made of glass or made of something that you know doesn't tolerate any sort of resistance. So, um, you know, what, what do you think about Ahmad? I mean, do you think he could be the saving grace to United centre-forward and... As disappointed as that would be for a Leeds fan to say?
0: Yeah, I mean, he's he's never played there, has he? I don't think. I think he's played in the 10 before. I think he's played left and right. So that should be interesting. Um, Whether or not, you know, he's going to be dropping deep and and potentially playing like a little bit of a Harry Kane role where, you know, then Rashford profits and is able to rotate and, you know, Ahmad drops back and is able to link play a little bit that way. Um, And that could benefit Sancho in the long run as well. That could be um, a way to go. I don't see him being an out-and-out centre-forward, whatever that is nowadays, a classic number nine. But someone who can rotate across that front three I think that would be a good shout. I, I don't think for Sunderland from memory, obviously when he had his most, you know, fantastic season last season. I think he has got 17 goals, got um you know multiple assists. He's not played there so could this be if I'm to throw a Pep Guardiolaism into this, is this where maybe Ten Hag tinkers with um you know one of the youngsters in it is and is able to sort of develop him into a into a new player and you know what a what a sort of um what a piece of sort of coaching that would be from Eric Ten Hag, a youngster, and to mould him into this Manchester United side. He's got he's got bags of potential, you know. He's he's very athletic, you know, for a small lad as well. Excellent balance, great on his left, great on his right. You know, his his vision in the game is very very good as well. So yeah, I think I think overall playing him in that position, I don't know, it's something he's not done before, but. If Eric Ten Hag is to work his magic and, as I say, take a Pep guardiola and and mould him into that, then that's only going to be beneficial for Man United.
1: And just on the striker front, there's a piece in the Manchester United News today from George Hodgson, which is uh, talking about how United could capitalise on the idea that Harry Kane goes to Bayern Munich. Now, obviously... Daniel Levy is reportedly uh, holding out for hundred million pound for Harry Kane, with having two bids rejected from Bayern Munich already. But the story sort of suggests that Bayern Munich need to sell before they can buy, and selling is one of a player is a player that Manchester United are, are very interested in, which is uh, Gravenberch, allegedly be valued at thirty four million. Now, if United do want to sign him and Bayern do want to sign Harry Kane, it could be that United negotiate a lower fee for the uh, for the midfielder. He's only young, he's got a lot to prove, but again, he's a Dutchman, he's worked with Ten Hag in the past, and we've seen what's happened with players that have worked with Eric Ten Hag in the past. So where do you think Man United are going to finish this season and what are their strengths and weaknesses? I think the problem
0: is for Man United, Seb, is I think it's other teams' development. You know, you've seen Liverpool bring in Sabal Sly You've seen Liverpool bring in McAllister as well, which is almost like renovating that age in midfield. They're looking at Lavia as well. We've seen what Arsenal are doing at the minute in terms of bringing in Declan Rice. Havertz, who could, you know, under an actual coach, like Mikel Arteta, could be excellent, really. I think the, the fear now for Manchester United is other teams are building. Um, and the foundation that Eric Ten Hag has built so far has been excellent. And, you know, even as a Leeds fan, you can't deny that. And a Manchester City report, you can't deny it. But... um overall i think there is a little bit of a risk that man united in this summer transfer window because the takeover uh, and all this sort of sort of um all this sort of stuff in the background could be left a little bit and and yeah it's the mason mount deal was interesting wasn't it obviously came in for 60 million quid um obviously it looks like ten Hag might be going to two eights which would benefit you know bruno as well because i don't think you can do one or the other um but yeah, I think there's a lot of signings needed for Man United to just, I don't know, bring the team up to par, really. Because as I say, I think maybe a couple of youngsters in there, quality youngsters. a youngster, said a strike has been needed at Man United for, for so long now. And I think Ahmad relying on him might be a little bit naive. But yeah, overall, I think it could be maybe a third or fourth place finish for Man United. I mean, would you take that, said this season? Would you take a third or fourth place finish?
1: United finished, what, third last season? Liverpool sort of nearly caught up Newcastle I think in the end didn't they They nearly uh took over at the last minute considering how poor Liverpool were for the start of the season and, and throughout the season they just sort of got gradually better and it got to a point where it felt like nobody wanted to finish third you know United and Newcastle both just sort of couldn't cement that place until until sort of right at the end of the season but look United have got Champions League this season which is something we didn't have last season so if you say to me you know we get, we, we finished last season with a trophy and got top four which was Probably the A, and we got to the FA Cup final. Can we repeat that? But in the Champions League, can we? Can we finish with a trophy and a you know uh, quarterfinals? I think would be would be realistic for the Champions League. And anything beyond there, I'd be I'd be delighted with. But again, I'm, I'm talking here as a, as a fan. Um, you know, United have been so dilapidated in the last ten years. We had that second finish under Mourinho, where it was. You know he 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 basically said that that was his greatest achievement in football was like winning that winning uh, coming second with that man united side after after everything that had gone on and and mm. you know given how given out the the club's been run and and the transfers and the contracts that have been handed out. It's nice to see that United have got a bit more stability again. And you know, I, I I'm 32 years of age. I've grown up with Sir Alex Ferguson. I've I've been spoiled rotten with trophies every season. I, I I actually can't remember United going a season without a trophy. There may have been one in there where we finished second or third or something and didn't win a didn't win a, t- a trophy. But for the most part, you know, United have um have won a trophy every season, at least one you know, many, many trips to Wembley. But to see United going through this sort of transition period and all this turbulence and, and all these changes, and, you know, since Alex Ferguson left, it was it was bizarre because, you know, I'm of a generation where I'd only ever seen one manager manage my football club. And that manager, you know, held everything with a tight grip. We knew that no matter what went wrong, Alex Ferguson would turn it around. And, and he always did. You know, Jose Mourinho came in and won two Premier League titles on the, on the bounce. So Alex Ferguson said, all right, then I'll win three. And he went and won three on the bounce, you know, in the Champions League to boot. Um, so, to, you know, seeing Eric Ten Hag come in and those two defeats at the beginning of the season, Bright, Brighton, and then that demolition against Brentford was was disappointing. And it was it was a bit of a oh god, is this guy any good? But do you know what? He kept such a stone faced against in front of the media and in front of the fans. Like I completely buy into what Eric Ten Haag is, and if Eric Ten Hag says a player from. The conference is a player that's going to succeed at Man United. I absolutely trust that that's going to be the case, given yeah. given how he has been, and given the fact that he's took us from you know again pretty pretty poor place when when Solskjaer left the club to Rangnick, not really resolving that. You know he came in, he 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 made firm with what he wanted to do with Cristiano Ronaldo. He's spent a lot of money, but the players he brought in feel like players that. Benefit the club system and benefit his system rather than just, you know, like the Angel Di Maria signing. It was great to see us United spending that sort of money, but he, he didn't fit the system at the time, and as proved, you know, he, he left a year or so later. And then you know, Zlatan came in. That was an incredible signing, but then he got injured, so that was a bit of a, a damp squib in the end, which really disappointed me because I love Zlatan uh, as a as a fan. I, you know, he was a, he was a player that I'd love to see at United, and I wish we'd have got him three or four years younger. But um no, it, it just feels that Eric Ten Hag, he knows what he wants, he knows who he wants. And again, Malassia coming in is probably the weakest of the signings he's brought in, but but what he did was he gave Luke Shaw the motivation to get fitter, get better. And, you know, once Luke Shaw came in, Luke Shaw wasn't replaced other than when he was having a rest or he got a bit of a, a knock or whatever. So, you know, having having a manager come in who knows what he wants out of his players and you know, when a player underperforms, he drops them. I remember when Anthony did that sort of bit of skill, which he was criticised for massively on social media. You know, Eric Ten Hag defended him in his press conference, but then Anthony was dropped for the next game. Whether that was in correlation to that or whether that was just a footballing decision, you know, is to be to be believed by whoever's listening to it. But, you know, he's come in, he's stabilised the ship, we've won a trophy, got to the FA Cup final, finished third in the Premier League. What more could we have asked for at the beginning of the season with a new manager, given how turbulent the, the, the season had been before then? So, you know, again, as a fan, really happy.
0: Definitely. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's uh, definitely the upward trajectory. As I say, I think Ten Hag's doing very, very good things. I think it just has to be matched off the pitch, doesn't it? And when it's matched off the pitch, then it's going to be a concoction of good things for Man United, I think. Regrettably.
1: <laughs> I think I think the takeover thing that's been going on now for eight or so months has, has, has taken a bit of the attention away from what's going on in the transfer market, which I guess helps Ten Hag and hinders him in equal measure. The fact that he doesn't, you know, he might know who he can and can't bring in and what he can and can't spend. The the budget talk is, is around 120 million with half of that being gone on Mason Mount this season. But, you know, with the fact that the, you know, you mentioned Man United and it's on a back page, you know, that that's always been the case throughout my lifetime that there's never a day where Man United are in the news. City won the treble yeah, the talk the following the following week was all about Manchester United once again. So it, it is it is what it is you know Man United will always be in the news. We we will always have things to talk about with Man United. But before we sign this off, Connor, one thing that has just popped into my news feed and something that I really want to end on a nice positive with is is the fact that er- uh, Edwin van der Sar's condition has been confirmed to be not life threatening. At- comes comes after the reports of Edwin van der Sar, former Manchester United legend, goalkeeper, suffered a brain hemorrhage uh, last week. So it's really good to see that he's he's hopefully going to make a full recovery. It's not life-threatening. So hopefully he'll be back kicking around uh, sooner rather than later. But Connor, thank you for joining me. Rich Fay is out in Oslo right now, so he will have all the latest news from Manchester United versus Leeds. And of course, we're going to have loads more content coming for you as Manchester United embark back on their pre-season tour yeah, first to Edinburgh and then over to the United States of America. Terrible accent, but there we go. Anyway, thanks for joining me, Connor, and thanks for watching, everyone. Don't forget to like, subscribe, follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Threads. We're on every single platform imaginable, and Connor's wincing because it means that he's got more work to do with all these different social media platforms that are coming out. The Manchester United News will be front and centre of everything that's going on, Manchester United, and we will be there. You will be there with us. We will see you again very soon.